the script. Go yeah. for it, bro. Uh, from the first paragraph. Uh, there is a solution. Almost none of us like the self searching, the leveling of our, our pride, the confession of shortcomings which this proce the process requires for its successful consummation. But we saw, but we saw that it really worked in others, and we had to come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life, as we had been living it. When therefore we were approached by those in whom the problem had to be had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven, and we have been rocketed to a fourth dimension of existence of which we had not even dreamed. The great fact is just this, and nothing less, that we had had a deep, effective spiritual experience, which had revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, toward our fellows and towards God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our creator had entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish the, those things for which for us, which we could never do by ourselves. All right, that's the reading. Uh, I'll hand it over to you, Paul. Thank you, Ken. I'm, uh, I'm admitting people. Can you see people? Yeah, coming? I'll, I'll, I'll get on that, yeah. Right. Yeah. Thanks. So, uh, yeah, there sorry, is I need, to be, yeah, I need to be um co-host, actually. Sorry about this. I need to. Yeah, you have the co-host now. Okay, all right. At least here, yeah. Uh, yeah, though, it's all described by the first sentence. There is a solution, really. That should bring great joy, yes. There is a solution. Can you hear me? Hold on. Can you yes. hear me? Yes, we can. Great. All right. Yes. So Paul, thanks. Yeah, there is a solution. Yeah, so you saw that it worked in others and it gave you some hope and some possibility that allowed you to see how hopeless you were and how impossible it seemed. Um, it goes here, but we saw that it really worked in others and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it. And then when it talks about... Uh, There was nothing for us to da, 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 da. that whole idea of believing with certainty is being convinced. Yes. So that's mentioned quite a lot in the first few steps as the as the requirement being convinced uh, of what that something has defeated us. Yeah. Hopefully you'll see it. It is not as not you sooner or later. Yeah. So uh yeah there's not much to add to this but basically it's it's offering a proposition it says that uh the fact is this and nothing else that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude so you can go to the page that express that describes what they talk about spiritual experiences in the appendix yes if someone wants to read that but Basically, 
a profound personality shift something yeah you're on a new basis what is that basis trusting the infinite rather than finite self so basically we're moving away from a failed system and we're not moving away the recovery program is the way we move away yes us trying to move away maybe relying on the failed system so we we trust the process and we uh and that process takes the attention and interest that really is what our life is about and it moves it from the faith in the finite self to the faith in the infinite yeah and as you do you learn how to face life successfully because you take some chances and you see what you thought would kill you doesn't kill you and all this and all that yeah so but basically uh the die you know the alcoholic has to arrive at it at their own diagnosis yeah i mean you can't be brought there you know you can be invited but like they say you can't uh, you can bring the horse to water but you can't make him drink make it drink the dilemma with us is that there's us yeah people you know <laughs> can just need something incredibly badly and just scoff at it it's just the way it goes yeah if this was like a physical disease people would be lined up if they could have a daily reprieve from cancer or if they could have a daily reprieve from whatever yes tuberculosis or something they'd fucking be so grateful to have a breath without it being a choking experience but here we got a, a disease that resides in the mind which the disease talks to the host and tells you it's the host <laughs> so basically we we actually live to defend the disease yeah <laughs> it's insane but hey <laughs> the mind's a powerful thing it truly is and uh Well, whatever. This is a simple premise we base these talks on. It's not further illuminations of the meaning of the syntax or the commas or the periods. We're just attempting to describe or diagnose the true activity of what we call the disease. And I would say it's a foreign pathogen. Yeah, it's not of us. I'm not a believer that we manufacture our own misery. I do not believe that, that I am the root of the problem. I don't believe that. Uh, and to such an extent, I'm willing to sit here every other Tuesday and Thursday to put it out there because I have had relief. I don't have, I don't have the, 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 the prideful feeling of being right, I could care less. I want relief. If something works and you see that it works, I'm willing to pass it on and take the uh, slings and arrows of what could happen. So here you go. Look at page 64. Being convinced self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. It sure sounds like a, an encapsulation of a way of looking at the inventory process. Yeah. Very one sentence, two sentences. Being convinced 
self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. Okay, that's what we're convinced of. We will now look at its common manifestations. Yes, okay, what does that sound like? An inventory. The first thought, the next paragraph, resentment. So resentment is a common manifestation of how self has defeated us. Clear, this completely clear uh, direction, yeah? Now you launch in, do a four column inventory or follow it in the big book and see, all right, there you roll it, you know, I resent Wendy, why? She left me, why? Uh, it affected what? My sexual uh, ambitions, my, my emotional security, my physical security, my pride, my self-esteem. I thought I was a ladies' man, all this and all that, yeah? What was, quote, unquote, my role in it? Well, my role in it was most of the descriptions of my role in it start with self, self-seeking, frightened, selfishness, inconsiderate, and dishonesty. I would say inconsiderate and dishonesty are expressions of selfishness, self-seeking, and frightenedness. yeah? So basically, what I'm looking at as my role isn't my role, yeah? It's self's role. And then you find, all right, I'm willing to take responsibility, and when you, you look at your responsibility, you'll see what's truly responsible. You will. And hopefully... Your, your gallant attempt, you know, finally giving up the ghost and seeing your role in things finally gives you the recognition of the real problem, which is a foreign pathogen. Some fucking mental mutation, whatever you want to call it, yeah, has used everything that we rely on to promote its agenda, contrary to your agenda, yeah? And when we're, when we're employed by that power, we tend to live a life filled with its manifestations. When we're employed by a higher power, we tend to live with a life filled with its manifestations, which are quite different than the old power's manifestations. Instead of resentment, forgiveness. Hey, perhaps everyone's fucking sick just like I am. You know what I mean? Instead of instead of looking what I can get out of everything, I see what I can contribute, yeah? It's basically, you're at the same dance, it's just the, you know, who's playing the music is different, yes? And it's, and it has, and it's going to bring different conclusions and different outcomes. And you're going to travel later through the end of the dance, yeah? Don't, you've danced with the gorilla long enough. <laughs> You know, you're not going to stop till it wants to stop. Now it's been stopped. Now you're dancing with another partner. Like my friend said, you know, I was misintroduced to God and then the, the program recovery reintroduced me to it. Yeah. Yeah. So in a way, that's what's going on. Something's been playing God in us and uh, <laughs> it needs to stop really. Yeah, and we can't stop it, but something can. Yeah, it's sort of like the the small dog and the big dog syndrome. The small dog can masquerade masquerade like a big dog until the big dog shows up. Then it's put in its place. Yeah. So hey, 
That's the drive because that recognizing it's not you brings a whole new way of reading everything that comes after. Yeah. And like Kurt always used to point out, we're driven by a hundred forms of things. That doesn't sound like a long lasting, independent, separate thing, entity. It seems like I'm more like a sail that's going to catch whatever wind is blowing. Yeah. And I'm going to go basically where the wind is dictating. I'm going to go, not where I think I want to go. Yes. I'm because I'm, I'm being empowered or I am being used as an expression by some wind, some power. Yeah. And you can tell what that power is by the effects it has in your life. Yeah. And you come to a recognition that this thing that we call S-E-L-F is really a mental activity that has the parasite being presented as us. And therefore, our ability to be free from it is completely handcuffed because we're identified as it. So when we have that urge and drive, and for many of us, it's very, very powerful to be free or to be out of self, it doesn't produce the result we were looking for because it's been maneuvered and manipulated to reinforce the thing we wanna get out of. And we find us caught in that statement, self can't get out of self because we're experts at attempting to get out of self and it's failed. It has failed. Why? Because there's a, there's a simple, simple misunderstanding. That which we would like to escape, we're trying to escape as. Yeah? So all escapes become another addition to the prison of self. Yeah? If you're having a great time bound with self, great. Oh, go ahead. Fantastic. Yeah. If you seem to have a sense of irritability, restlessness, and discontent, and you seem to be occupied by a whole lot of shit that's actually not happening, and you feel that some, there's been a switcheroo, living has been replaced by an interpretation, and it's not that just fucking satisfying. Yeah. I don't feel purposeful. I don't feel there's a, a valid meaning to life. It's just me consuming and shit and shit and shit. Well, maybe, maybe just come to the conclusion that something has you. Yeah, that you've been taken over. Your sovereign, completely separated condition may not be the case. And then when people who have journeyed blown by the same wind get together, it becomes obvious that our thoughts and our feelings and our behaviors in life were quite similar to everyone else that was blown to the same conclusion by the same fucking wind. When do you recognize it's the wind? The sail had nothing freaking to do with it in a way. So that's what I came to see early on. It's now 34 years of recovery. I have been open for this idea to change. It never has. I felt like I came down. I came to the end of the knot. Yeah. I see that which has defeated me as something foreign to me. Therefore, I can be free from it. Yeah. But it does defeat us. 
Yeah. And a lot of us are still in the reliance on that which has defeated us and therefore afraid that we will be defeated. And the fear isn't completely unfounded because you probably will be defeated. Yeah. <laughs> some fear is like uh, has some use. Yeah. The fear that this horse is taking you in the wrong direction is important so you can jump off the horse. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's the point we attempt to bang away at because uh, the program's completely sound. It's a perfectly sound program. It doesn't stand on its own. It was taken from a lot of old uh methods and modalities yeah the idea of service the idea of confession the idea of this the idea of that yeah they weren't just they didn't just show up in 1935 they were brought into like a they were made into something called recovery yeah and it's sound from top to bottom but I just don't feel like there's the clear diagnosis of the exact nature of the wrong. And I think it has a lot of, a lot of influence on how we live the effects of recovery. I do. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, it's not attractive to me to hear someone who has 30 years of recovery and they're in abject terror and fear about what's not happening. That scares me in a way. Yeah. I remember I was with a, I used to lead this workshop, you know, do this workshop in the fourth step at a AA place. Yeah. And at that time, uh, there was a, a strange thing going on in San Francisco recovery, which was a group called the pod people. They didn't name themselves that. But there was these people, there was this couple, older couple that had come up with this idea that, and I may be somewhat wrong about it, but they had, they put all the 12 steps in like one letter. And what you would do is walk around all day with a book and write down every fear and then turn it over to God. Yes. And they were busy writing down all the time. And they would come and meet me after the talk and confront me because and they would be saying, well, you're misleading these people, this and that. And I said, listen, man, I don't want to become a, a master of fear taking. I want to outgrow fear. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go writing down about it all day. I would think that's going to promote finding out more fear. I'd rather just fucking outgrow fear. What is the causes and conditions that keep me into a steady condition of fear? It's self-reliance, self-reliance, right out of the big book, yeah? Self-reliance, why are we in so much fear today? Self-reliance has failed us, okay? <laughs> there you go, I mean, you can't have more meat in a nut than that. It just tells you right there, why are you in so much fear today? I mean, I would hate to open any phone conversation I'd have. I'd be on the phone all day. If I said, why are you in so much fear today? Take it, take it away. You know, 30 minutes of fucking whatever. No, the simple solution is no matter how it looks, 
Self-reliance has failed us. What? Yes. We've been relying on something that's unreliable. We try to make it reliable. We rationalize it its unreliability. We make excuses for its unreliability. We blame others for its unreliable effects. Yes? Why? Because we're sworn to allegiance to its agenda. We take it us, we take in it to be us. When someone points out that's not working, we think we're not working. And like it says here, who wants to hear that? Who wants to hear that? Yeah. So no, let me go keep on blaming others, live in a world of denial, because I can't face the fact that I'm a fraud, that I did this and did that. Well, you know what? Face that fact, and you'll see you didn't do this and do that. Yeah? But as long as you try to avoid that that meeting, you're going to have it looming over you every freaking day. So yeah, you take responsibility to, to arrive at an accountability, tell you the truth. Where, you know, you don't shut the door on the past and it's not a giant supply chain of guilt and shame to the present moment, yeah? That whole distribution center gets cut off. Yeah, I made the amends, I da-da-da-da-da, I'm not carrying that weight with me every fucking day. Yeah, you're not going to tell me I did it. Yeah, I was used for it to happen, but I did not do it. Nor as now it's so easy to say I'm not doing it, God's doing it. Why can't we apply that same recognition to the lower power? Yeah. So, hey, happy to be here if uh, anyone wants to share whatever yeah thank you paul um just checking if there's any raised hands there's not at the moment um so oh uh, dan we'll go over to dan if, if you can unmute hi my, my name is dan um really really appreciate your message paul we've spoken before i I think I hung out with you once in um, San Francisco a couple of years, 2019, and Mike gave me a ride back to uh, my sister's place. Um, I'm from Long Island, too. And oh, yeah? He didn't oh. drive you all the way back to Long Island? No. Nah. <laughs> terrace. I forget, terrace views or whatever the hell neighborhood she lives in. Um, yeah. I just don't know how to... Um, I, I've really, over the years I've been listening, I think I started listening to this message off and on in like 2017. And it sounded pretty radical and kind of right. And I know I'd argue. And now I'm like, yeah, I think you just got it. I think you might just have it on the nose. And, uh, you know, I have my own opinions, of course, and everything. I've been Twelve step philosopher for years, you know, for whatever you said is. I've helped a lot of people. A lot of people have helped me. But right now I am I'm feeling um the bondage of self. I'm waking up with the bondage of self. I'm uh I'm very much uh I'm very open to your message right now. And uh it 
I just, um, I don't know how to make any of this stuff stick, you know, and I can't, I guess, because that's self-talking, I guess. That's right. That's problematic because it's like, damn it, you know, and it was really hard for me to get peace of mind in AA for a while, you know, took a while. I knew too much. Grew up, my dad was sober when I was growing up and I, I, I knew too much, you know, and, uh, um, but I've had, I've had good periods of time, you know, and then you move on and then you move on. And some of the stories you're living by that make you so happy fall to the wayside because they're just stories, you know, and we live by all these stories in our head and I'm a meditator and I'm a, I'm, I've, you know, really pursued a lot of stuff. And I've pursued a lot of 12 step programs. I've gotten a lot of help from a lot of different things. You know, I've changed seats in the Titanic a bunch of times. And, uh, a lot of that stuff has helped, but the thing that I'm looking at right now is this tightness in my chest. What do I do? What do I do to get right? And I'm like, no, okay, enough, you know, um, enough. And, uh, so, I mean, there might not be anything to say to that. Like you say, it, you're throwing it over my head, you know, because this is self-talking. You're throwing it over my head. And I got to tell you, this lines up with Zogchen. And, you know, this lines up with a lot of stuff I've read. Of course, those guys are all practice, 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 and a lot of those Zogchen isn't. But a lot of the, I mean, I've done my homework, man. Maybe that's the problem, of course. I mean, that's part of your message. Um, some of us have to do it to really find out, you know, but, uh, I don't know. I love sitting with my Zen group because they're beautiful people, you know, and they're cool, but, but, but I'm grasping, (laughs) I go there grasping. (laughs) So, uh, I don't know, man, that's what I got. And I'm just putting it out there. I feel, um, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to shoot as straight as I can be as honest as possible. And, uh, I think I would have felt humiliated saying this last year, but I don't feel that this year, you know, it's just, this is what it is. You know, I get a tightness in my chest when I try to figure out how to fix what, like when I try to figure out what to do about the tightness in my chest, it's sort of circular like that, I guess. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, man. So anyway, thank you. And thank you. And, you know, if you, you know, you're aware of Zen, so their idea of a very high form of mind is, I don't know. So you've said it a few times there. So you're in the, you're in a very high state of Zen (laughs) with a tight chest. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, this is just, this is just to to show a vast influence of some unsuspected thing going on. Yeah. To bring in into some kind of light that if you see one move, it will allow you to see another move. And then there's more gets revealed. And there, therefore, a tight chest and your tight chest are two completely different experiences. Completely different. Yeah. Like girlfriend, my girlfriend. Yes. Money, my money. There's a whole lot of meaning being thrown around here 
unbeknownst to that which is being used to throw a lot of the meaning around yeah i think it behooves us to, to sort of be awake to what's going on that's part and parcel of a spiritual awakening you wake up to a lot of stuff that you may call not spiritual <laughs> that's what you wake up to right yeah. Yeah. and it's sometimes not the greatest waking up because it's sort of like a rude awakening because you see uh a lot of things that you just assumed were so solid and foundational to be on sand yeah and this is part of the trusting the process part of the process is that floor that you think you you you've been standing on is going to drop it's going to move like sand and just trust the process and allow this shit to happen because it's going to be a brand new attitude and a new outlook a brand new day a brand new happiness and a brand new freedom because the old has just sorely been trotted out and it's just been trampled on. Yeah. It has no, it doesn't even have any essence of what it actually first meant. Yeah. So now there's a new freedom and a new happiness, a new attitude and a new outlook. And I love the word that they use the word new. It wasn't like, you know, rehabilitated, resurrected. No, completely new. Yeah. And it's true. And they're very extremes. What I can contribute to life, what I can get out of life. Those, those are two different directions almost, <laughs> you know? And basically that's what the program's inferring. And it puts us through a process so that doesn't be, it isn't maybe so jarring and so fucking earth shattering. Yeah, sometimes slowly is really the way it is, the only way it can actually uh, stabilize because if it happens too quick, the whole system would flip out. So now you just get broken down and then, yeah, it's beautiful. And instead of having it become something to obsess and ideate around, you have the aspect of service. Yeah. You're realizing that whatever's happening to me really may have a purpose of making me of maximum use to myself and others, not that I should get everything, yes? So there's humility built into the program, not so much for what's happening now, but how you're gonna respond to what's happening as you keep getting freer, so to speak, or as you're traveling lighter. So they they whack you with humility because you may need it down the road <laughs> because things can get really good and it would be nice for you to just allow it to be really good and that won't happen if you start claiming the shit. You won't. Yeah. So, yeah. So I feel, um, I think there's so much good shit built into recovery. It's not just so that something can happen, but something can stay happening. Yeah. <clears throat> that the peace of mind can extend the ability to enjoy peace of mind. The, uh, you know, all these things that they describe, I think the program and the principles ensure uh, the life expectancy of that freedom. I do. Yeah. yeah. I've met a lot of people who are very, very clear and stuff, and they're in some, let's say, meth, uh, some idea of non-duality and stuff, but they sorely lack the idea of service. Yeah. 
So they're always trying to figure it out, how to get out of that which is trying to figure it out. Instead of just going out and doing service and getting that, getting actually uh, an applicable effect. Yeah, instead of trying to get out of the problem as the problem. So service is built in to our life of recovery. Yeah, it's built in. It's baked in. It's ha- it's a, it's it's essential. Where in other modalities, it isn't so much essential. Yeah, I remember I have a story that made a huge impression on me. If you don't mind, everyone. Yeah, short story. It may be long as I drag it out, but. So I was, I went to see someone I had read a book about uh, called Who Cares, this man, Ramesh Balsakar. He was about 85 years old and he had a connection with a great master called uh, Nizagadatta. And I, so I went to Bombay and what allowed me to do that was recovery, basically. You know, I'd been sober and so I could do things I wanted to do instead of staying away from the cops and missing you know court dates i had a life that was working so i went over to india to see the guy and but the thing is i was on a, a uh, i had a round the world uh, ticket i started in sydney went to back to america ended up in india about eight months later and so uh, i'm in india and i got a pretty big bag yeah because i'm going to thailand back to australia so I go to I go to these non-duality meetings and I'm starting to talk to people and I'm hinting, hey, does anyone have any space to, for me to leave this bag? Because I'm going to go down South India for a couple of weeks, you know, and it was, you know, and no one said yes, nothing. You know? <laughs> I mean, I kept sort of implying, you know, hey, and they go, well, just put it in a railroad locker. And so at the same time, I was going to these meetings at night. I was going to AA meetings in Bombay. Very incredible. I go there, talk about the typical room in America, the typical room in India, like a classroom or something. The dust is thousands of years old. I mean, it's amazing. And when I would come in, they would actually speak English for the first half of the meeting. And at the break, they bring chai and little cookies and and a lot of people had 25 years, 30 years. So I was sharing about this dilemma I had about this big bag because I, I can't leave it at the hotel I'm staying at. Nobody in my group will take it. And so this old guy came up to me and says, I'll, get the, I'll take the bag for you. And I said, well, I'll be back in 16 days and shit like that. The next day he comes over to where I'm staying, picks up the bag. Yeah. I can go to Southern India, the bag's gone. I get back 16 days later, meet him at the meeting. The next day he comes over with the bag. He's fixed it. He fixed the zippers, put new handles on it. And then someone from the meeting tells me, you know, he doesn't have a car. He took a bus to your place. He took the bus to your place. This guy doesn't have shit. Takes the bus, picks it up, brings it back. You know, I was starting to, I started to cry because it was amazing. You know, I got the help I was needing from recovery, not from this other fucking meeting. Yes, everyone else there was leaving immediately, nothing. It was just amazing. It just moved me so much. The guy had sewn it. This, it just, it's, 
just blows my mind. So, yeah. So we have these things baked into our, this way of life that really ensures that a spiritual awakening won't be just a peak experience. It will be a new way of life for us. Yes. It may not be as exciting as it is for some people after they've ingested a lot of toad, you know, venom or shit like that. But in fact, that person two days later is fucked after the toad venom. But here we have something that can keep us on a fucking, you know, on a level where the problem does not exist for us a day at a time. That's amazing to me. So, yeah. Not that I have anything wrong. It was just an example. I got nothing against what other other groups. I just saw the beauty of recovery and it was like a just a perfect example of it that trip in india that's a great story man thank you for sharing it and um we've connected via text before i might reach out so yeah yeah please do bro yeah thank you man thanks no problem call me up i got the thank you uh deborah do you want to come in if if you've got your hand raised The doorman for the cat. I got to keep opening the door and keeps going in and out, in and out. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Hi, hi, Paul. That was a wonderful story. That um, uh, I kind of was on a pendulum. I went from uh, I don't know that my background matters that much, but uh, kind of helps you know where I'm coming from a bit, maybe. Um, I was raised a fundamentalist and I swung clear over to the other side of the pendulum and became a Rajneeshi. (laughs) And uh, I've been, you know, I've been just all my life into comparative religion and different spiritual paths and stuff. And, um, uh, And then I, when I got into AA, it was the most practical spiritual path I ever found. Out of all that stuff I delve into, it was like baking a cake, basically. It's like follow this recipe, you know. And um, and uh, the, I I I had some psychological problems because of my background. From the extremes I guess and um, uh, the thing that really helped me get out of my head was uh, they put me into a day treatment and helping others is what got me out of all that mental uh, depression and um, anxiety and everything and uh, you know you look at it as a long path but really as you get kind of where there's a thinning away kind of that's kind of how I look at it is that uh, if you just allow it to thin away and not pay attention and then the light comes through without as much effort for me but um, uh, and then I I, uh, that giving is such a reward just to be able to see people smile and light up and their eyes start sparkling again and they come to life and and I I don't know if that's a selfishness but I really enjoy it it's like that's a 
I mean, to me, I like that kind of selfishness, and I don't know if it is or not, but I enjoy it. I enjoy uh, watching people uh, kind of come to life a bit, and um, but um, I, uh, I, the, I guess the thing that I'm coming up with lately for me is my head will start going. Well, I don't know what decision if it's coming from a more clear who I really am or if it's coming from my head and I kind of get stuck on that sometimes and the only thing that helps me kind of get out of that is just go I don't know because I don't know and so I just ha I, I know I need to keep moving forward and then it seems to work out, but that's the only thing I know what to go by these days is I just don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm doing a lot of times, <laughs> you know, so. And yeah, it, but, but again, the underlying netting is it seems to work out. Right, that's it, yeah. So it's not a leap of faith. You have, an ex you have uh, earned experiences that it works out. Yeah. Yeah, that seems to be sustaining more. It's becoming a little more su sustainable in me somehow. And you know, the decisions are in a black or white thing. Yeah. Right, right. They aren't. And like there's a statement in recover uh the Course in Miracles, which is, you know, uh there are no sins here. There's only mistakes, and all mistakes can be corrected. Yeah. So yeah. This yeah, that's, that's of, wonderful. Yeah, there's this this whole idea that there's an extreme gravity in everything we do is right, right. Manufactured, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think remember, that comes uh, from the Yeah, yeah so it comes from that, that background. It's it's comes from your self-importance. That's <laughs> what it comes right, from. Right. I mean, yeah. I remember I used to walk on to Hate Street and it was like it's profound. Which way am I going to go? It's, it could have a profound effect on my day. <laughs> it's just insane. It's, it's insane, you know. I mean. <laughs> well, thank you for that insight. That really helps just what you said. That selfing blows up its own balloon. That's what it does. It's a, just a, it's it's a transferring of hot air from dead thing to dead thing to dead thing. That's basically what it, it's like mouth to mouth resuscitation over and over and over again. That's of of self importance. Oh, that's that helps a lot. Thank you. <laughs> It's profound when it's absent. It's profound when it's here. You know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's yeah, it for me. It. Thank yeah, you yeah. so much. Oh, you're welcome. It's our pleasure. Okay, thank you, Deborah. We've got uh, one more from Kaiser. If you want to come in, Kaiser. Hey, Paul. Uh, um, this isn't necessarily a question, but it's it's if you could uh, um, 
go in a certain direction. A couple of years ago, you were talking about, you made a mention of finding out when we deny something, it has power over us. And then when we admit what we know, then it loses all power over us. And that seems to be the first half of the first step. You went on um, about that a couple of years ago, really focusing in on that. And that's been really, really beneficial uh, ever since. Like it, it just, so I, I don't know if you could explain that a little bit more because uh, I do that and it seems pretty powerful. And maybe I can get some additional stuff from that. And maybe some people here too can. Thanks. Thank you, Kaiser. Well, are you talking about that the only time you experience powerlessness is when you're trying to exert power? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the idea when I was younger, a lot of things seemed unbearable to me, like being a fraud or something like that. So those things seem so real the mental preoccupation was to make them as unreal as possible. Yes. Even, and so I thought I was quite successful making shit unreal, but <laughs> when you try to make shit unreal, you're giving them the meaning of being as real as real can be. Yes. So life, I seem to have been successful at avoiding a lot of stuff. And then in AA, that success ran out and shit caught up to me that I'm an asshole, whatever, fraud, whatever, yeah? And when I let all this stuff that I wanted to be unreal be as real as they wanted to be, they proved to be unreal, yes? I didn't have to make them unreal, they proved to be unreal, yeah? by their own allowing them to be, let them show their true nature, not allowing them to be, I gave them a nature, yeah? That's the power. We don't understand really a lot of, you know, I didn't really what we're doing, you know, we're giving everything all the meaning it has, as it says in this thing called the Course in Miracles. That's a huge description, yeah? So if I give something the meaning it has, which is this is real as real can be, and it's unbearable, then the drive is to make that that's so real to be unreal. I don't realize the opposite effect occurs. I think uh, it's working one way, yet it's actually working the exact opposite way. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> and I found a lot about that out when I entered recovery. A lot of shit caught up to me and I had my days of reckoning. And then there was jubilation, basically. Tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah, it's like we're when we resisted. We're all frauds. Yeah, we're all frauds. Yeah, this idea that there's almost every movement you could say in the mental interpretation is selfish. Even the extreme demonstrations of selflessness are motivated selfishly, yeah? There was a great old Jesuit priest, uh, what was, DeMello. I got introduced to him in my second year. I was at this uh, Thailand AA uh, conference, yeah, the first one they ever had. And there was a speaker from, I think, Minnesota, 
and he gave me a whole set of Al, this guy uh, DeMello, Anthony DeMello on uh, cassettes, gave me a whole book of like eight cassettes. I wore those fuckers out and I made copies of them. I gave them to tons of people. And he was talking about everyone is selfish and all this shit. There's no one who's selfless because the whole idea of one is a selfish idea. <laughs> yeah. So he says basically it watch directs the selfishness. Yes, yes, yes. So uh yeah, so all this shit caught up to me. And you know, the 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 image of the thing was much more powerful than th the thing itself. Yes. When I let the thing itself be itself, it moved on. Yeah. When I kept making it what how I want it to be, it was huge. Yes. Yeah. So it's been a <laughs> it has to realize, you know, when I looked at, let's say, my six strategies of living, they were fucking completely ass backwards. I couldn't believe I had survived this long. If I was an amoeba, it would have been the end of uh, evolution because but somehow life kept me alive. But I lived completely ass backwards. If my right arm was bleeding, I would just look left as long as I could. I just avoided everything. It was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I do not completely, I was unable to have a viable relationship with another human. I mean, there was all these conditions were completely in place. Yeah. Yet, how, how secure was their, their foundation? Not that secure. Once the basis of my life changed, all that shit changed. Yeah, the basis of being sober. Yeah, so, yeah, thanks, Kaiser. So, yes, I ex I really know when I experience powerlessness, which is like frustration, getting pissed off and shit like that, is when there's an exerting of power. When I admit I'm powerless, I never experience powerlessness. I don't. When I admit I'm powerless, I don't experience it. Yeah. 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 Thanks Not a lot, buddy. I may get frustrated when uh, the cat wants to go in and out like 12 times in like 18 minutes, but basically it doesn't, uh, it doesn't become a way of life <laughs> that it was before. <laughs> Thanks, Kaiser. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Okay, thanks, guys. Uh, um, I'm just checking for another. I think Jack wants to come in. You want to come in, Jack? Uh, I've asked you to unmute. Hey, Paul, can you hear me? Yes. How are you? Good. Good. That was a that was a great story, and uh, I've I've i felt that way about uh uh people in recovery before, you know, um, the way you, what that guy did for you, you know, and uh, really wonderful. But uh, I, I just have a little bit of a share. I had a uh, procedure done on my uh, hand on Tuesday. 
uh, a small operation. <clears throat> and uh, it wasn't that big a deal. It was uh, two stitches when it was all over. And uh, as the nurse was checking me out, um, the doctor said, uh, take Tylenol uh, and Motrin and go back and forth. And uh, she said, what do you like better, Tylenol or Motrin? And I said, well, I like the Motrin better. So she's on the, her computer screen. She goes, oh, uh, well, I can't get you any Motrin right now. Um, uh, you, but, I, but I can get you an Oxycontin, she said. And, and your eyes lit up. <laughs> well, it was a little more than that. It was like this uh, blinding flash of light uh, in my mind. Um, and uh, uh, anyway, I answered her uh, quickly. Uh, and the answer was, no, I'm not interested in that. That was the answer. But about five minutes worth of thought happened between the time she said it and the, and the, and the time I gave her the answer. And uh, uh, one thought was, is, um, oh, uh, that drug, you mean that drug that has killed 80,000 people a year for the past 10 years? Yeah, I yeah. don't think I want one. I don't think I want one of those. Um, you know, my other thought was, well, I was never really a junkie. I was more of a drunk, you know? And uh, um, so uh, why would I have a problem taking something like that? <laughs> anyway, it was amazing to me how many thoughts went through my head in what seemed like uh, five minutes, but was only really a half a second. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to share that. And you know, maybe uh, 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 have your thoughts on that, you know, because we face these things in sobriety and uh, sometimes uh, people make the wrong decision, you know? So yes. I don't know. That's why it's good to have a sponsor. Yes. Maybe you can run it by, but also a night, uh, it's good to know that being a junkie doesn't prohibit you from being a drunk and vice versa. Being a drunk doesn't prohibit you. You just may enter a new phase <laughs> of junkism. <laughs> but you know, that, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the idea of like for people who are new, if they get into the habit of using the phone, they could call someone up and ask them uh, what their opinion would be. Yeah. About taking the Oxycontin or something. Yes? Yeah. On a, just on a dog shit level, that idea. But yeah, it's fun actually. A lot of times life triggers a real uh, revealing moment of the head. And it's nice that you're not moved by it so you can actually watch it. Yeah? Usually if it moves you, you're not watching it much. You're, yeah, you're, it's determining you at that moment. But when you're not moved by it, you can really see the thinking and the, uh, the failed system, really. What better advertising to move away from that which has failed than to see it's failing, yeah? Not, at, not at, on the effect level or on the, like a forensic unit, but actually see it when it's cooking up, yeah. Yeah.
Yeah, just like in the head, we always, I was sharing about the other day. You, uh, you can't. You thought you, you parked a car somewhere and it's not there. Immediately, your head goes to someone stole it. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just <laughs> then you walk around the block and there it is. It's just the head is unbelievable. It's just, and this is always this is like the the pushing water on a very 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 weak dam you're keeping all this mental water it just wants to jump over the dam someone stole it <laughs> and you're looking around calling the police and then someone tells you I, I, I saw you down on market street maybe it's there and there it is it hasn't moved one bit but you i know who took it <laughs> the whole thing comes out it's amazing man it really is. <laughs> I find value in that, actually. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's sort of like you've always you've been playing a poker game with this head and it always uh, stumps you. It always blocks. And then you don't call the hand. But when you call the hand, it's got nothing. It's incredible. Yeah. It's just been bluffing you your whole life. So, yep, I'm happy, bro. I'm happy. Uh, yes, that's good. You may not have heard you if you got the Oxycontin. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you were probably thinking how I could hurt my other hand. <laughs> to get another, to get another one. It's insane, man. That's why I love abstinence. Yeah. Mm. Abstinence is a very clear border between uh doing and not doing yeah there's no like you're not teasing the other side you know you're just fucking really enjoying the absence of any interest or drive concerning you know thoughts concerning alcohol concerning drugs concerning you know fucking doing something strange yeah yeah it's awesome Abstinence is a is a we you can have a real meeting on the word abstinence, and because when someone's lived it, it's different. My, it's, it's there's no there's it, it's not forced or or uh, a vow. Yeah, it's not a commitment. It's just a fact. Something doesn't seem to exist anymore for you. It's awesome. Yeah. All right. Anyone else? Thanks, brother. Thank you, Jack. Yeah. Hey, Paul, just a little bit of housekeeping. Um, if you w would switch someone to be host, um, otherwise, when you log off, this whole uh, uh, Zoom meeting will shut down and there won't be any availability for uh, fellowship. So it's up to you. All right. Yeah, I came in and it wasn't open. So I, I remember the password and just did it so yeah let me see what do i need to do now go to participants and make someone yeah, else so, yeah make someone else host not co-host but actually host and then when you log off the room can stay open until that person logs on so who's this talking kaiser yeah but i'm not the person to do it uh, so is ben ben all right yeah, to be host yeah you can make me host that's fine all right. ben you are crowned host okay
It's a done deal. Good. Yeah, because I usually get off. Yeah. We have got one more raised hand if or if you want to um is that enough for today or yeah yeah go ahead. Yeah, so Jimmy, do you want to come in? Um Hey Paul, my name is Jimmy, I'm an alcoholic. Um I, I had a question about when you came in, you talked about uh we didn't make our own misery. Um so you're yes. it, you're just saying that that's miswritten that it was self-making our misery uh rather than it's written that way i just don't agree with it yeah yeah i don't agree that we manufacture our own misery i think we're the facility for to manufacture a lot of stuff and it's mm -hmm. based on who's running the factory what product is going to be put out yes yeah i don't yeah i don't see uh i just don't see it that way so, so you're saying then that that self is is running the the factory at that time uh that the misery so. is being manufactured or? So. yes because misery uh a lot of times when i hear the word misery it's not appropriately uh proportionate with the condition you're in there's a lot of add-on to it i would say that add-on is mental yeah. And I feel that's where the problem resides. And I don't think uh, the host is the manufacturer of the misery. The host may be expressing the misery. I don't believe it's producing it. No. I got you. Thank yeah. you. I feel, I feel that we are a spiritual condition. I don't think we're a mental uh I don't think we're mentally, our origin is mental. I just don't see it that way. Yeah. And I feel the parasite of alcoholism attacks the mental. Yeah. I don't see, I don't believe I have a spiritual malady. I don't think spirit has maladies. I think it's a mental malady that uh, deprives a recognition of the spirit, yeah, mental. It could be have emotional adjuncts and shit like that, but it's not of spirit. So I don't believe there's a spiritual malady. I don't think there's soul sickness. I don't, if you wanna call it soul, I don't believe that. So uh, yeah, I don't believe that, uh, Alcohol is cunning, powerful. I think alcoholism is, yes. So I don't believe alcohol is. So there are, but the idea, I don't feel uh, the true uh, nature of the problem was revealed in the beginning. The nature of the effects of the problem were clearly described and shit, but it seemed to be vague exactly what self is or isn't. And yet I think uh, probably it's the most used word in the book self other than the and isses and stuff. Yeah. It seems to be a very important part of our uh, way of life. I just think it's, uh, I'm just bringing, you know, I just, I've, seen it in a different light. I had a 
there was very clearly made a, a, a very clear distinction was made between me and self yeah or us and self and that distinction uh has let a lot of growth occur yeah and i feel that a lot of people's freedom or possibility of freedom is saddled by an identification as self so I feel self represents the cause of a bondage, and I don't believe it can enjoy a freedom from the bondage. Yeah. Being the cause of the bondage, <laughs> just don't see it. So, yeah, there's a number of those ideas cascaded into a view. Yeah. But I don't care. You know, the writing is the writing. I'm not a, I'm not into it, but from where I'm sitting uh, and how I'm seeing it, that doesn't fit into on the manufacturer of misery. It, it, it contests that or it disputes that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a big sticking point, though. It's just something to. If I was the manufacturer of my own misery, that seemingly hopeless state would have been truly hopeless. Yeah. So, yeah. Hasn't it been expressed in you? I mean, a, most, a lot of the shit that I did out there, I don't do anymore. It's the same factory. It used to produce a lot of misery and fucking chaos. It hasn't had a line of misery out for years, 34 years. <laughs> it's making a lot of other shit, but not misery. <laughs> when that was its main seller for years, misery. Yeah. <laughs> that was the backbone of its business plan. <laughs> so something took over the factory. <laughs> yeah. You can put the name Paul on it, but if Paul was under new management. <laughs> we've cut out Paul's uh, line of misery and hopefully producing uh... <laughs> camaraderie and, commun and community who knows yeah so thanks bro yeah okay thank you that's all the hands for tonight um do you want to do you want to say goodbyes, Paul? Yes, I would like to. Yeah, we got Jack G, not on oxycotton. That's good. Yeah, there he goes. He'd be laying down if he was now. He's he's moving around, so that's good. We got Jimmy R. Nice Jimmy to meet you, Jimmy. Roman, as always. Roman will be going to Italy. <laughs> yeah, we got Kurt Z in Redondo Beach, Chris in Mammoth Lakes, Kristen somewhere in the Philadelphia area, undisclosed location, Joseph C somewhere in France. He's there. We got Ben C. I would say he's in the United Kingdom in some place. Yes. We got Dan H. Yeah, he's not residing in his stiff chest, whatever, tight chest. Mickey Smith, the, the the matriarch of Madeira, California. Deborah B, nice to meet you, Deborah. 
Thank you for your share today. PK, as always. Mike and Seth. Yeah. I just wanted to go on record. I love the thing with an amoeba, and maybe that should be a a new Zen bitch slap (laughs) t-shirt. Like an amoeba, I'm breaking up with me or something. (laughs) 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 But hey, thanks again too. You're you know, you're 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 message man and the questions that people are bringing to you it's it's great value man so i really appreciate it. it's like a jump start man. i know in theory we don't need the jump start we're already there there is no car right but thanks anyway and every way well thanks okay yes always a pleasure all right my, uh, my homeboy yeah long island rockville center next stop long island yes <laughs> I hope you sleep through the the train and go right by Rockwell Babylon, right? Yeah. <laughs> Anywhere else than Rockwell Center. No, no. It's all right. Mike from San Francisco. It's nice to see someone on a Zoom that I see regularly. That's cool. We got uh let's see, Ben again, Joseph, Deborah, PK, Terry in Maine. Should be getting nice there. Kerry in Hawaii, it's nice there. Jacob, looks like it's nice in Seattle. Nice to see you. Dono. Hey, Paul, I I sent an email to the Paul Heads uh, YouTube, but I'll I'll look out for it. All right, yeah, thank you. Paul Heads at Yahoo. Yeah, yeah. All right, we got Miles from Vancouver. Thanks for the message. No problem. We got Nina. There she is. We got Kaisa. Uh, Let's see. We got Paul C. Uh, Let's see. We got Senna. A. Oliver. Who else is here? Uh, I think that's around it. Hey, thanks everybody. It's a, a lively session. I hope all of us have a good day. Uh, I'll see you guys on Saturday, some of us. And uh, any wanting to find out when and where, just go to zenbitchslap.com under events. And usually, sometimes the information information's misleading most of the time it's correct so (laughs) it's there we're having a retreat with a group in june in colorado so if you can't meet make uh italy colorado ain't bad yeah all right see you guys bye bye